0: The Adam Crowley Show.
1: Love you, 970 ESPN. It's, it's Adam a- Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed me, you know? And now we're talking about a weekly
0: spot on the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
2: Penguins beat the Flyers. I was never really in doubt. They were up three games to one in the series. They're the much better team. I tweeted out, after game five, the Penguins are not going to lose this series. And as always, I was right. I mean, I nailed that thing. Then today, we called Pats and Genos, messed with them a little bit. Now, we talked to our Philadelphia radio correspondent. He is Wes Euler. Wes, I am sure you are flying that Penguins flag high today, my friend. Mr.
0: Crowley uh it is finally feeling like springtime here in philadelphia and i'm sure in western pennsylvania as well and maybe that's because the flyers are no longer playing hockey and mother nature has finally decided to turn the heat back on
2: you're right man we've got the weather breaking and it's because the flyers are out they're gone next thing you know it'll turn into summer because the capitals will be eliminated it is beautiful it's fabulous i could not be happier right now and they always say, oh, you want to be objective, this, that. I am objective. But doesn't mean I'm not rooting for the Penguins. And if you root for the Penguins, you also root against Philadelphia. What is the reaction right now in Philadelphia? I'm sure they're trying to talk up Couturier as much as possible. And, hey, great, uh, nice effort by you, man. I mean, that was fabulous. But they didn't have it. In fact, sorry, Wes, but I, I saw Carcidi tweet out that if Elliot were healthy, <laughs> they might still be playing right now. No, the hell they wouldn't. They absolutely would not be, because none of the goals yesterday, and I will stand by this, none of the goals, not any of the eight, were the fault of the goaltender. Not one of them. So, give me a break.
0: Yeah, I I don't know about what you just said about the fault of the goaltender. That fourth goal by Scott Lawton was was pretty bad, but... No, 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 none
2: of them, none, none of them were the fault of the goaltender on Philly's side.
0: Oh, I get what you're saying. Sorry, sorry, okay. Uh, but back to your initial question about the reaction, it's, it's been pretty mixed. There's, of course, a lot of of padding on the back for Sean Couturier and Ivan Provorov for, for the showing that they had while playing with injury. And I, I do think that's fine. That's warranted. I, I was impressed by both of those guys. I, I think you could argue that Philly should maybe blow some things up and build a team around those guys. But, of course, there's a lot of – of fire, hackstall people today. That's been the majority of the conversation. Uh, Ron Hextall <laughs> is is getting some heat as well. Hextall still hasn't spoken to the media, and so Hextall is now starting to feel the heat a little bit. Of course, Claude Giroux is a big talking point today in Philadelphia. Uh, about half the people defending him, the other half, you know, strip the sea and kick him off the team. Basically, the one thing I will say is the one guy I was a little surprised that has flown under the radar has been Jake Voracek. There hasn't really been much criticism of him, and I would argue that he was maybe worse than Giroux. At least Giroux made some memorable plays in the series. Voracek didn't even score a goal, and when you're paying that guy that kind of money, and he's not scoring goals, he's doing absolutely nothing for you. So the reaction has been all over the place, and yes, of course, as you can imagine, I have been enjoying it.
2: No doubt about that, buddy, and it just makes me so happy to hear that they're kind of imploding as a fan base i'm going to ask you a question that's not going to make me all that popular with people around the world Uh, anywhere, maybe even people here in pittsburgh but why the hell didn't sean couturier play game four he's so tough he's got the mcl injury well he still had it in game four why not play that one too
0: yeah i think the whole oh it was a mcl tear and it's a four week injury might have been exaggerated a tad i don't doubt that he hurt his mcl i'm sure you saw the video of that collision with guditz it certainly did not look pretty. And I don't think Sean Couturier was faking an injury by any means. But when you say tear in MCL, okay, was it a partial tear? Was exactly. it a minor tear? Was it a full tear? Obviously, it wasn't a full tear. There's no chance he would have been playing because he still, I mean, you could argue he looked better in Game 6 than he looked in, in any other game in the series. <laughs> right. So, again, full credit to him for going out there and having the best game of the series when he clearly has something wrong. But I think maybe some of the heroics are being exaggerated. Because, to me, there's no way that
2: it was a four-week injury if, if he only missed two days. As for Giroux, woof. I mean, how do you even explain it? I wrote a blog on ESPNPGH.com. People, click on it. Come on now. Click on it. Where I said, this guy's series was so bad this year that it made me forget all about 2012. In fact, I'm never going to be mad about 2012 again, how good he was, because he was just as equally bad in 2018.
0: Oh, man. And uh, there's so many great things in this series that kind of swing back to 2012. Like, the narrative around Crosby, and I might I might get a little passionate here and ramble for a second. The narrative yeah. around Crosby after that series was so embarrassing. Oh, he's a baby. Oh, he's a bad leader. Oh, Claude Giroux is a better hockey player. It's kind of funny how it's all come back full circle now, and a lot of this same criticism has landed in Claude Giroux's lap who's now getting questioned by everyone. But, yeah, two, six years to the day, go back into that barn and end their season going 5-0 and at the Wells Fargo Center this year, 3-0 and in the playoffs. I, I completely agree with you, V. The 2012 Scaries, as maybe we'll refer to them <laughs> going forward, are, are now absolutely gone. And it is great, like I said, that in 2012, Crosby didn't have a great series and Claude Giroux had a very good series. This year, Claude Giroux had a dreadful series, and Sidney Crosby had 12 points in six games. It's great to kind of just finally, like you said, exhale some of the bad memories from from 2012, six years later to the day.
2: Why do you think that happened? Why do you think he played not just poorly, but played so bad that he was 221st out of 221 players and plus minus?
0: Uh, It it really is confusing, right? Because we can rip Giroux all that we want and it is fun to do but we know he's not that bad at hockey we we know he's a good hockey player he had over a hundred points this year I, I really don't know it, it's tough and it's something that I'm sure people are going to talk about all summer and he's going to get questioned about all summer and I don't know even if he would have an answer if you asked him it, it's perplexing I think part of it was just they never really got anything going from anybody other than Sean Couturier, and at moments, Nolan Patrick and, and Travis yeah. Neckney. The, the entire, I mean, Ivan Provorov had more points, I'm pretty sure, in the series than any forward not named Sean Couturier. So what's that say about the job that their forwards were doing, especially when you consider they had a couple games where they scored a bunch of goals? So it's, it, there's going to be a lot of tough questions for those guys to answer this summer. Now, fortunately for them, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. The Sixers Stop it. are playing real, the Sixers are in the playoffs and the Phillies are first in the division. So the big, bad Flyers, who apparently have the toughest fans in sports, I think are going to escape some of that criticism that they normally would this summer, thanks in part to their counterparts in the city.
2: Well, two things about the fans. We can either start with their throwing of stuff on the ice, or we can talk about their complaining of the penalties. Which one would you rather tackle first?
0: Oh, man. Let's talk about the complaining of the the penalties and and, and just really – a lot of the hypocrisy in general, it, 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 it's, it's so bad, right? With this with this fan base, it, it, it can be so bad. and Because you, you hear everything that they accuse the Penguins of is exactly what they've been doing, right? And everything that they ripped Minnesota Vikings and, and Dallas Cowboys fans for being sore losers the past couple months, it's the same thing. The only reason that the Flyers were in the series in the first place, let's talk about this, Adam, let's be honest. The only reason the Flyers were in the series in the first place was because in game two, they had absolutely nothing going their way until 90 seconds left in the first period when they got a garbage power play on a call on Zach Aston Reese and scored a fortunate goal. The only reason they're in this series at all is because they're playing a Penns team that's on its last leg after having played 49 playoff games over the last two years and maybe you didn't hear, winning back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. The same (laughs) Penguins who scored eight goals without getting Malkin on this team in their own barn. But, yeah, let's talk about Sean Couturier jumping 10 feet in the air like he just got shot after you just came off of a four-on-three advantage where you completely vomited on yourself. Sorry, you have no leg to stand on to talk about officiating in this series, especially when your team went, what, I think it was 2-for-20 on the power play? 2-for-21. Oh, two for 21 There we go. Even better. That makes that makes it, what, less than 10%? So, so that's good. You like that map there, huh? And if- so, yeah, it's just to hear all the complaining, especially, again, from a fan base that claims it's so tough and doesn't whine and doesn't complain and all the things that they accuse Penguins fans and Sidney Crosby of to be sitting here blaming the media when the Penguins just scored more goals in three games in your barn in the playoffs than you have in six years. Like, it's, it's comical. It is very funny. And believe me, I'm like I said, I'm taking it all in and grinning and smiling and
2: laughing the whole time. Wes Euler joining us here on the Crowley Show. He is our Philadelphia radio correspondent. Uh, Wes, they started throwing a bunch of stuff uh, on the ice. Now, I think some people can get carried away with their criticism of that. Oh, it's deplorable. It's disgraceful. They're terrible people. Well, they didn't shoot Kennedy. They threw beers on the ice. And, yeah, I I do think it it sucks, and you shouldn't do it. It it, it makes me mad. The thing that really makes me mad, though, is – Philadelphia fans saying, oh, that's not everyone, uh, it's just a national narrative. Well, no, it's not because it keeps happening, and it just happened on national TV again. Right.
0: It, it would be great if every time a Philadelphia sports team was in a big situation on national TV that the the broadcasters didn't bring up the fans. It would also be great if a lot of the times that Philadelphia fans were in the spotlight on national TV like I don't know, maybe the last two times they've been eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Penguins this year and two years ago against the Capitals when they litter the ice with trash. So I agree with you, there is a balance there, but it it is surprising considering the volume that was on the ice, right? Especially when you think, okay, most of the riffraff is probably sitting upstairs, you know, because they can't afford those nice tickets where you could actually chuck something onto the ice, um, but but apparently not. It was bad and. Again, people throw stuff everywhere, but usually like when Penguins fans earlier in the series, there was a penguin fan or two who threw a towel or mm-hmm. two out on the ice in game two. That's not great, but it's a lot different when it's literally dozens of beers and, and you know towels and t-shirts and whatever raining down onto the ice.
1: He's are we going to do what they say can be done? Breaker Breaker 1-9, keep it easy because we got a local yokel in a brown paper bag, hanging headaches and taking donations on 79 in the Bog. Lift your toes and slap your hose because you don't want to get caught striking a pose. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Piggy, Brown Bear, Baby Bear, Bear in the Air, or Bear in the Bushes, you give us a holler we'll save you the extra freight. 412 2874
2: Keep the shady side up and your skin's on the ground. He's pounding down. Wes, do you think there's any yes. merit to the fire-hackstall movement?
0: Uh, of course I do. I don't think he's a great NHL coach. Uh, the team was a 500 club this year. But at the same time, I look at the roster that they have. I really think that they kind of perform to expectation. Going into the year, everybody thought this will be a Flyers team that contends for a wild-card spot, and that will probably be you know about as real as it gets. And that's exactly what they were. And it's not like they got swept. I mean, yeah, a lot of most of their losses were pretty embarrassing, but they didn't get swept out of the series. They made it to a sixth game. But like I said, I don't really believe in Haxall. He hasn't shown me anything that would make me think he's a great NHL coach. In fact, I think one of the most indicting things on him, actually, is his previous job, North Dakota. They won the national championship before he got there, and they won the national championship right after he left. So what's that? Tough? <laughs> and he never won the national championship while he was there. So, again, I don't think it's all on him. It's not like I, I, if you flop Mike, Mike Sullivan and, and Hacksaw, I still think the Penguins would have ended up winning the series. Um, but I do think he deserves some criticism and should absolutely be on the hot seat next year. I, I think a lot of that has to do with how he treats the young players and, and playing a lot of these, you know, the guys we've talked about, the, the veterans that give you nothing over some of the young kids when it's a year where you're not really expected to contend so what exactly are you losing by throwing these young kids in there and seeing what they've got um, but there's no chance he's going to get fired he, they lost 10 straight games they had a 10 game losing streak this year and he didn't get fired, you're not going to fire him after going to game 6 against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion there's a 100% chance unless he like, gets indicted on a felony this past season that he's back as the Flyers head coach next year
1: uh,
2: it's like fifty-fifty then for me. Uh, Wes Euler joining us here on the show. Last thing here for Wes, we called Pats and Gino's uh, earlier today. Here's what happened.
1: I heard. Uh, I hey,
2: I'd like to place an order for pickup, please. What's that, sir? Can I place an order for pickup, please?
1: Everything's done at the window, sir.
2: At the window. Yes, sir. It's fast food service. That's funny. I thought the Flyers' window closed.
0: Ha-ha-ha! <laughs>
1: Hello, Gino.
2: Hey, you guys do delivery?
1: No deliveries. Do you do pickup? Yes, come to this, come to the window and pick up.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, I was wondering if you guys had the Couturier, but without the MCL.
1: I'm sorry, say again?
2: Uh, the Couturier just sands the MCL.
1: Uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure, sir.
2: How about the Giroux without the cup?
1: <laughs> no, sir.
2: Okay. How about the uh, Radko Gudis special? You're going to choke. <laughs> yeah, he didn't appreciate that last one. What's better? What's better? Pat's or Gino's, Wes?
0: Uh, neither. the The place to actually go is a place on South Street called Woodrow's. Pat's and Gino's are both bad, and most you know Philadelphians would would tell you the same thing. All right, you know? but that, that that's great. I love it. And yeah, you. I, I think I heard you talking about this earlier. They are very rude when you go there, and yeah. now it's like almost it's like their thing to be rude. So I don't know who would want to go pay twelve dollars. For oh! Not even the, the best cheesesteak in the city, and to have people, you know, treat you with disrespect. So, no thanks. I'll pass on both of those, and I'll hit Woodrow's sandwich shop on South Street.
2: My man, appreciate the time, Wes, and get your ass to Pittsburgh. All right.
0: I will be back next month, and hopefully, I'll see you fellas then. Yeah,
2: gonna drink beers and uh, do other illicit hey, activities. Hey,
0: one last quick thing for you, real quick. One thing I don't think anybody's talking about that is so great about this, too. Especially if you look in retrospect at 2012. A lot of people who knocked Sidney Crosby or the NHL for awarding Sidney Crosby the last two mice and saying, oh, he doesn't really deserve it. Kessel was better. Malkin was better. Maybe Murray should have gotten one of those consummites. A big criticism that those people would always throw out was, when was the last time Sidney Crosby took over a series, huh? Well, there you go. It was April of 2018 <laughs> against the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: You demand, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Be good. Go Mountaineers. There he goes. Wes Euler. He is our radio correspondent from Philadelphia. He is a Pittsburgh guy. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Jason Mackey for a bit. Also, Claude Giroux. What the bleep, man. I mean, there's one thing to be invisible and still chip in a little bit. I mean, he was the worst player on the ice a lot of the time. It's ESPN Pittsburgh save more with
0: liberty mutual insurance hey todd liberty mutual just saved me seven hundred and eighty two dollars liberty did what? what yeah it's a lot of money. money maybe i should switch to liberty mutual, to liberty mutual. To liberty mutual. visit us online to... hey stop echoing sorry. sorry visit us online to get a quote and you could save seven hundred and eighty two dollars liberty mutual insurance based on a recent countrywide new customer survey coverage is underwritten by liberty
2: mutual insurance company equal housing insurer insurance. So I couldn't spell Couturier, so I googled my best guess, just to make sure, and it actually was spelled correctly, and there is a definition. A fashion designer who manufactures and sells clothes that have been tailored to a client's specific requirements and measurement. Huh? Huh.
1: Huh. Huh. At least he's got a job after this series.
2: Yeah! In about 15 minutes, we're going to award a lucky person an opportunity to go, paid for by Budweiser, to Milwaukee to watch the Pirates play the Brew Crew. Come on by, register, 15 minutes, it's getting drawn, it's May 5th, or pardon me, 4th through the 6th, the only date that I didn't need to give, 4th through the 6th, trip to Milwaukee to watch the Pirates play the Brewers, and we are here at the North Park Lounge in Cranberry, where Budweiser and Bud Lights on special 275 for bottles come on by. We're joined now by Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. We've kind of been jerking him around today. Whoa. Not in a good way, I suppose, either. We had to move him a couple of times, try to get him on the show. Uh, scheduling snafu. My fault because I didn't uh, show up the correct establishment. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for moving today.
1: Yeah, so you went to the wrong place?
2: that happened yeah i drove to the wrong clubhouse uh we are here now but it was an extra 40 minutes of driving of which i did not think we'd be able to get here because i was running out of gas the whole time
1: <laughs> so you went to the wrong place Hmm. okay all right just checking okay.
2: so basically i'm the minus 10 of radio show host right now
1: yeah i mean you were the radko Gutis of of radio
2: yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I'll take that, Mackie. Thank you. Appreciate that. At least at least I'm a pro, okay? At least I'm in the category. Uh, Jason Mackie from the Post-Gazette joining us here on the show. Jason, the Penguins didn't play their best yesterday, obviously, but they were still able to come out on top. I think that says something about a team that's trying to play for a championship. You're not always going to have your best.
1: Yeah, and I think it says something about how comfortable they are when things don't go well. Um you know, I actually had a conversation with Jim Rutherford earlier this day, earlier today, about um, teams that are comfortable and players that are comfortable losing. That they know how to lose well, um, and I think there's some truth to that. And that you know, they lose one game, they understand that the playoffs are long, and they just regather themselves. And there's no panic and whatever. And uh, like you're saying, Adam, even though they didn't have their best game in Game Six, you know, Matt Murray's a little bit off. There's some like violent momentum swings. There's just never any sort of uh, panic or getting down or or worrying about anything, and I'm not sure you could say the same thing about the Flyers. They aren't that sort of resilient, and um, there's a reason why they really haven't been deep in the playoffs with this current group there and why the Penguins have. So uh, it's very impressive to me what they were able to do yesterday.
2: Jason, Jake Getzel is – a monster and i don't know where it comes from the guy's my size uh, probably a little bit more muscle there but he's my size and now he's one of the most prolific goal scorers in the history of the national hockey league playoffs i think he's fifth all-time in playoff goals per game where's that come
1: from you know what man like i i left the arena last night thinking that same thing like where is this in the regular season not that it matters in the regular season. Like, obviously, you would rather have the guy perform in the playoffs, but my goodness, he looks like a different player. And I don't think Gensel is the type that's, like, uninterested in the regular season. I'm not saying that, but he just goes to a completely different level in the playoffs. And the Penguins, have a few guys like that, to be fair. Matt Murray has been markedly different and you know, even Sidney Crosby, I feel like, in that series was just so, so good. Um, and the Penguins just have a lot of those performers. But, as far as Gensel, man, I, you know, I, I don't know if I could put my finger on any one thing. I mean, one, it helped that Crosby was playing so well. Two, he's looking to shoot more. Three, he has been due to have some of those pucks go in the back of the net. But, you know, I guess the last thing would just be his focus this time of year. Like He just feels comfortable in this situation where somebody like, you know, Radko Gutis, clearly I think that the moment was a little too big for him. It's right. not that way at all for Gensel.
2: Well, Radko Gudis even has problems in practice, Jason. So a playoff game is going to be an issue,
1: right? Oh boy, he he really
0: had an impact on this series,
1: right? We can't oh my sit here and say that Radko Gudis didn't impact the series, and it wasn't because he like cheap shot at the Penguin. I mean, uh, you would you would swear he was on their payroll.
2: As it relates to <laughs> Jake Gensel. I thought Sidney Crosby said it best when he talked about his play away from the puck and how he was strong on pucks and he was doing things defensively. Up until the third period, uh, Gensel hadn't uh, broken out in that game, yet I thought all along he was playing very well.
1: Yeah, and he's really good at playing around the net and in corners and stuff. I mean, I know you joke that he's like only a little bit bigger than you, but you shouldn't. I mean, you guys are almost the same size. Um, obviously he's in a lot better shape than you are, but, Whoa. you know, stature-wise, it's not much different. And and Mike Sullivan loves to use the the term, he's a brave kid, and you know, we sort of, I don't want to say laugh about it, but, you know, you know what's coming when he's talking about Gensel, but he's right. That's exactly what Gensel is. He plays a lot bigger than his size. He is a brave kid. He's not afraid to go to those tough areas. Um, and in the same vein, he's, good at defending he's smart enough to do it he's not afraid of a a physical thing in the corner if if you want to look at that brand of defending he's athletic enough um so yeah the all-around game that Gensel has is quite impressive
2: i thought the big turning point in that game i mean there were multiple turning points stan talked about it on his show but i thought to me the number one turning point was when Sidney crosby put the puck in the back of the net i realized so much happened thereafter but again it was crosby it was after the Flyers had such a great start. Uh, the Penguins weren't winning any puck battles. They were having a lot of trouble in the beginning portion of that game. And all of a sudden, here comes the Grinch to steal Christmas all over again.
1: and <laughs> you know, oh man, is it wonderful to see how he has received there? It really is. It, it was it was my first time covering a playoff series there with Sid. I wasn't on the beat back in twenty twelve, and just to see these tortured tortured souls and and how they're yelling at Crosby. He just continually uh, gets the best of them, but I agree with Stan. I think that was a huge turning point. I guess one of my counter arguments would be um, Phil Kessel's steal of uh, Ivan Kovarov early in the third period feeds Gensel for a goal. Um, You know that really felt like being in the building. Felt like momentum kind of swung that way. Uh, You know Hornquist's goal. they're, They're having Casey to Smith get loose and then tic tac toe, and he gets one. So you know I can't disagree with it, but. I also agree with you guys in saying that there were just so many different swings to this game and chapters to it. And um, In my opinion, it was easily the best game of the series. I don't think that's a high bar to clear, but it was a lot of fun looking back on it. It was one of the, the wilder games I know I've ever seen.
2: The thing that's been in vogue the last couple of days, and Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins us here on the Crowley Show, is to criticize Chris Letang and... Up until Game 5, I thought he had a very good series, including in Game 4, I thought, playing 28 minutes of basically flawless hockey. I thought he was very good in Game Number 6 until the penalties started to happen, but I'm okay with that. It's it's not like I want it to happen, but we know who Chris Letang is at this point. I personally believe he adds so much more into the positive columns than he does the negative ones.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Adam, and that's one of the more – reasonable assessments of his game that i've heard um, i don't understand the people that you know love the bag on the guy um, he's going to make some mistakes you know he's a quarterback who's going to throw some interceptions you just have to live with them um, the the flip side would be you know having somebody like this and this isn't to pick on poor chad ruedal but somebody like chad ruedal who you know has like zero creativity to his game no i understand why Chad Buriedel has zero creativity to his game because he's not blessed with the, you know, innate ability that Latang has. But um, you just have to live with the stuff. You know, he's yeah. an emotional player. He plays best when he's on the edge and kind of doing crap like he did with Couturier. And, you know, I thought that was a penalty. I'm not sitting here defending Chris And Obviously nothing was called, but, you know, sometimes he goes over the line. But I would rather have him playing 28, 29 minutes a night him towing the line of legality, him sometimes flying off the handle, him taking a few chances. Like, I don't know how sustainable that style is, but if I'm coaching the Pittsburgh Penguins right now in 2017-2018, that's the way that I get the best version of Chris Letang. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I agree with you in that I've seen it more of these playoffs than I have for a lot of the regular season coming down the stretch. I thought he's been fine.
2: I think you'd have better luck trying to get information out of the pentagon right now than you would any playoff hockey team but do you have any idea what's going on with malkin
1: um lower body i know that doesn't help anybody lower body anyway uh, i saw him walking around in the dressing room with silly he didn't look noticeably affected no limp uh, no limp tell me there's a limp no, no i didn't see a limp he yeah yeah no, you're going to take that and say that. Oh, that means he's playing game one in the, the semifinals. I don't. Well, you that.
2: just said it. Now we'll just cut the we'll cut the sound. There you go. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> you do what you want, man. It's your show. But um, it is funny just how secretive they are. I mean, it's not you know anything new or whatever. But I'll say this, Adam. I don't think this is the type of thing that's going to keep him out for a long, long time. Uh, I do think it's a little bit too difficult for him to play with in Game 6, obviously, and they chose not to do it. Um, you know, maybe if that was an elimination game, they'd do it. I'm not sure, but, um, you know, I think it's just a matter of managing it, and this rest will be good for Malkin here this next week.
2: Obviously, Patrick Hornquist comes back to the lineup, and he had a ghastly, I love using that word, turnover on uh, right after a power play that led to the Lawton goal that made it 4-2. to but he responded after that and I thought that he provided exactly what Patrick Hornquist is always going to provide. He looked a hundred percent to me.
1: Oh, he absolutely did. He absolutely did. Now if we're gonna describe injuries and like the severity of them, what Hornquist was dealing with was not nearly as severe as Malkin. I mean he was I truly believe that if the Penguins were facing elimination in game six versus trying to eliminate the Flyers, Hornquist would have played. Uh, but he he was good enough to go. They I think they sat him out the previous games, honestly, just because they you know, the series kind of felt like it was over. Um, but I thought he was really good. I thought he was exactly you know who he should be and how he should be and whatever he's in front of the net causing havoc. And you know what? I'm not breaking any news to you, Adam, but they're just such a different team when Hornquist is out there, when he's in the lineup and, the, and on the power play in front of the net. Um, so it's good to see him back, good to have him back, but they need him.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Last thing here for you, Jason, Columbus or Washington? Who do you think the Penguins should want to see, and if you've heard any whispers from them about who they're preferring to
1: play? They don't care. They truly do not care. I think the only thing these guys will say is that they were glad they wrapped up Philly in six. They wish they would have done it in five just because they want a few days off, and I don't blame them. Um, and they want—they're—they're they're probably rooting for Columbus tonight. Honestly, like it doesn't matter. They just want Columbus to force a game seven and have those two teams kill each other. But uh, truly, when you look at the matchups, I don't think it makes a lot of difference. The only thing I would say it's probably better for the Penguins if they get the Columbus Blue Jackets simply because of Sergei Bobrovsky. I think you know, in a playoff series, I—if if you give me Braden Holtby or Sergei Bobrovsky and say, who do you think is going to be better? I'd probably take Holtby, not by a ton. The Penguins have had pretty good success against him, but Lebrowski is just a hot mess no. against them in the postseason. And if they're lucky enough to get him, I mean, my goodness, especially if the Blue Jackets, you know, they're going to be, thats the, that would be the first franchise win or first series win in franchise history. They're going to be on cloud nine, you know, and probably right for the picking, honestly.
2: All right, I lied. There is one more question. Uh, you got a chance to speak with Jim Rutherford today. Uh, not so happy with the fans in Philadelphia chucking stuff on the ice, huh?
1: No, no. Old Jim, uh, Jim doesn't hold back. Jim's a, a beauty, man. He's a beauty. I didn't talk to him all series, and I talked to him today for a twenty thoughts piece that I'll I'll sort of allude uh, yes. to, but it is uh, in the vein of goaltending, um, and it'll it'll touch on Mr. Murray's uh, playoff demeanor, but. In any case, um, yes, Jim was very good. We talked about that. We talked about um, his team's sort of resilience and bouncing back from, from losses. And, uh, you know, to tease the thing I have online right now, he is was not thrilled at people throwing beer cans. And he had one of the better quotes that I've heard this season. And I guess the people of Philly have more, what did you say, more money than brains.
2: They don't have a lot of either. Let's just be real here. Uh, Jason, really appreciate the time, man. Uh, Thank you, as always. We'll look very much forward to the 20 thoughts tomorrow, and uh, thanks for being flexible like Matt Murray.
1: All right, big boy. I'll talk to you.
2: Yeah, I'm big boy. That's me.
1: You are big boy. I am big boy. Big boy pants.
2: Big boy pants. we got a couple of more people signing up. So what if we push it back? I announce it coming up. Right at the beginning of the next segment.
1: Adam, that's the funny thing about this show. Your name's on it, so you can do whatever you want, really. It's your call. Yeah.
2: Well, I put it up to the people. Uh, I mean, you guys have just as much to do with the show as
1: I do. I mean, you tell me. What do I do? I don't know, Tom. What, do, what would you like to do? Hi, Tom Bodet, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the Intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Bodet from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And, Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com.
2: Yeah, so I'll, we'll just announce it coming up here. In a couple minutes.
1: Yeah, it's actually a really cool trip. It is. I'm trying to make friends with a lot of the people here signing up, so maybe they'll take me. Because as an employee, I can't win, but I can go as a guest.
2: You're damn right, you can. Yeah. So can I, people? Uh, just FYI, I mean, if you want to bring me, I can fit in a suitcase. <laughs> We just had someone win the prize. Yeah. They're going to Milwaukee to get some ass and watch the Pirates play the Brewers. It is, uh, Alex, what was the name? Tom (laughs) Laughlin. Laughlin? Laughlin. Laughlin? I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and we apologize. I think it's Laughlin. All right, congratulations. Way to go, go, Tom. Yeah, way to go, Tom. Great job, Tom. Yeah, give him really a call. Really proud of you. Good for that guy. He's going to take some friends or a lady to Milwaukee, watch some baseball, maybe drink a few Budweiser's. Thanks to them for setting us up here at the North Park Lounge, which is awesome. And thank you so much to them, of course, for sending Tom. What's the last name there? I'm kidding. It's Laughlin uh, to Milwaukee. It is time, though, for the hottest take of the day.
1: It's time for the Hottest
2: Take of the Day. Day, day, day. It is amazing. 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 How quick a show goes when you show up a half hour late. I'll tell you what. That thing flies. Man, we're already at the Hottest Take of the Day. It's unbelievable. We should
1: do a two and a half hour show every day. Every
2: single day uh, when we're on site. I can just drink. It's tremendous. uh, As is... The clubhouse here, North Park Clubhouse in Cranberry. Hey, here's the hottest take of the day. Old people need to watch HDTV. Uh, my mother-in-law comes over all the time. She'll watch the dog. Tremendous person. She's done so many things for us in our house, uh, as is my family. But every time she leaves, uh, it's the news. and It's in standard deaf. <laughs> What the hell is that about? I can't watch anything in standard def. In fact, I don't have that bad a vision. I got glasses, because I got sick of doing it in real life. But Tom uh, was hanging out with his folks, and the same thing happened to him. Uh, and I've seen it a lot before. People who are above a certain age, Brian's not quite there yet, he's on his way. Well, thank you. Yeah, they do not watch HD TV. They don't know the difference. They don't care. And if I'm watching standard def, I would rather throw myself out the window. That's the hottest take, number one. We got two of them today. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Yeah, day, day,
1: day, day,
2: day. Yes. Is Jake with the greatest player in the history of sports? I think he is. I don't know how you could argue against that. He had 34 points in 31 career playoff games. That's over a point per game for you math majors out there. As a player who's not that good. I mean, he's good. He's not that good, which means he's the greatest, if you catch my drift. If you're better than you usually are when you're supposed to be great, then you're great. And since he's been great so often in those scenarios where he's been better than he's been supposed to be, that makes him the greatest player of all time uh, in any sport. 19 goals, 31 playoff games. He's fifth all-time in the history of hockey in goals per game. It's like point seven. That's insane. He's the greatest of all time. He's like Mario Gretzky-Lemieux Jr. Other crap. Woo! Other crap. I mean, seriously. Who does he think he is? Sidney Crosby, four goals in one game? Woo! Other crap. More like Jake Goetzel. Woo! Other crap. Brandon Belt set the record for the longest Major League Baseball at bat with 21 pitches. He should be suspended for pace of play violation. Woo! Other crap. He lined out! Woo! Other crap. What a waste of time! Woo! Other crap. Prince William's wife, Kate, Gave birth to his son. The name is Pallas. First name Buckingham? Woo! Other crap. Last name of Auburn Hills? Woo! Other crap. Seriously, do they have Arthur Moats pre- protect him at night? <laughs> Woo! Other crap. The Steelers have exercised their fifth year option on linebacker Bud Dupree. And that means it's you, me, and Dupree. Woo! Other crap. I get to keep my buddy around for one more year. Woo! Other crap. Benjamin Albright tweeted that there's been a lot of buzz about Baker Mayfield going number one over the last week. By who? Baker's mom? Woo! Other crap. I think he's going twelfth. Baker's dozen. woo. No, no,
1: no,
2: Other crap. No, no, no. I think that's uh, thirteen. Just woo! start the draft. Oh, no. Other crap. Uh, he's so obnoxious. All this misinformation's obnoxious. Just like Baker, which is why he won't go first overall. Woo. Other crap. Josh Miller is no longer a part of the fan morning show. I guess he punted on a media career. Woo! Other crap. Kenyon Martin said that 85% of the players in the NBA were smoking weed when he was playing. Did he just not ask the other 15%? Woo! Other crap. A parrot will announce the third-round selection for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Saturday. Hopefully he's able to make it back from the Rick Sapo- Saccone fundraiser. Woo! Other crap! What? Connor Lamb loves Nancy Pelosi, what? Woo! <laughs> Other crap! The Cavaliers tied the Indianapolis basketball <laughs> the, team. The
1: Pacers. The Pacers. Yeah, Indianapolis.
2: well, uh, uh, they were able to keep they, they they weren't able to keep pace. Woo! <laughs> Other crap. Who's your daddy? Woo! <laughs> Other crap. A Rochester High baseball team scored 12 runs in the first, then 20 in the second before things got really ugly. Uh, what? Woo! Other crap. Yeah, the final was 82 <laughs> nothing. First couple innings. Not that bad. Other crap. Yeah, Bob Nutting says that they're still trying to stay competitive. Woo! Other crap. Ashland University is adding a scholarship for Fortnite players. So, uh, Tom, yes. you, uh, you go back and get your degree? Woo! Other crap. It's been 423 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show.
1: First star! Wait, no, third star! (laughs) Where am I? Third star! World star! World star! Tonight's third star of the show, (laughs) Jason Mackie! So you went to the wrong place.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Just checking. So basically, I'm the minus 10 of radio show host right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you were the radco Gudis of of radio.
0: second star tonight's second star of the show will graves how badass
2: is that will that the the flyers faithful will do what they do towards Sidney crosby and every single time he shoves his thumb up their butt
0: that's well i hear they like it like that but First star! <laughs> and tonight's first star of the show, Chicago Cubs broadcaster, Harry!
2: Carey. Hey! How about this Jake Getzel guy? They're called him Getzelvania. I guess that's a clever play on Bram Stoker's
0: classic Dracula for the hometown Transylvania. Hide your wife, hide your kids. We got a bonus star for the first time ever in Crowley Show history. Tonight's bonus star goes to Brian LaMartina.
1: Breaker, yes. breaker, one nine. Keep it easy because we got a local yokel in a brown paper bag, hanging headaches and taking donations on seventy nine in the bog. Lift your toes and slap your hose. You don't want to get pumped.
2: Strike <laughs> at a pose. So is bonus star better than first star?
0: I think, I think. Uh, I don't know. Tom?
2: It's up for interpretation. I say it is. Good for you, pal.
1: Thanks, buddy. You wow, nailed it. top of the food chain today. Slap your hose, everybody. <laughs> Tomorrow
2: on the show, <laughs> I promise one thing. I pledge to you. It might not be a great show. But I'll be there on time.
1: You know where the studio is, correct?
2: I will be there at 4, baby. I will not be heading to Fleet Street, Illinois.
1: Don't forget to thank our awesome sponsors. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, thank you so much to Budweiser uh, for getting me good and lubed up. Uh, 275, still on special here at the North Park Lounge. Great giveaway. Congratulations to Tom Laughlin.
0: Nice. <laughs> who's <laughs> well getting done. laid in Milwaukee Tom in early Laughlin. May.
1: Peace.